That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Well, good morning, everyone. So good to see all of you here today. Uh, whether you call Beach home or uh, it's your very first time, uh, we're so glad that you're here, whether you're in the room or joining us online. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. We're so glad that you're here. And uh, we've been in this series called The Three Gifts of Christmas. And week one, we talked about the sacrifice that he who is rich left the riches of heaven and became poor, that we might experience the riches of God. And uh, week two, we talked about the presence of God. Uh, just the incredible story that God, the eternal God, would become human flesh and dwell among us in Jesus. And then today we're going to talk about the promise, the promise, the third gift of Christmas. And uh, the promise of God has been around from the very beginning. In the book of Genesis, from the very beginning, um, when humanity turned its back on God, God promised that from the offspring of woman would come one who would deal a mortal blow to the serpent, to the enemy. In 2 Samuel, King David, 900 years before the birth of Jesus, was reminded by God that someone from his family line would become king, and that kingdom would never end. And then about 700 years before Jesus' birth, Isaiah the prophet prophesied that a virgin would give birth to a son, and they would call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so that first Christmas, God made good on his promise because he always does. So we're going to talk about that promise today. So let me invite you to pray with me as uh, we uh, speak to God. God, thank you so much for the season of Christmas. We thank you for every person that is joining us here today. And we pray that in this time of worship, we might adore you as the newborn king, 
that we might worship you, that we might experience your message of hope and promise, that we might experience the life that you have for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I love everything about Christmas. I know not everybody's a Christmas person, but I love Christmas. To me, it's one of the greatest holidays during the year, and there's so much to love about it. I mean, you think about it, Christmas has its own movies. I mean, there are not many holidays that get their own movies. And what's interesting about movies at Christmas, Christmas movies, is that I'm usually a one-and-done guy. I like to watch a movie, and that's pretty much it. I don't watch it again, but it's like... Every Christmas, there are certain movies I feel like I have to watch, or it really wasn't Christmas. Do you have those kind of movies that you just like to always watch? Uh, one of my favorites is uh, Home Alone. Who would think that, you know, parents who, you know, go off on a European trip and leave their kid at home to defend their house from bandits would be a Christmas movie? But it's a, it's a favorite. Another one of my favorites is Elf. Is that your favorite? Anybody like Elf? Yeah, Elf. Great movie about a misfit elf who comes to New York City and saves Christmas. And then, of course, uh, my favorite is Christmas Vacation. And I love, and I think people like Christmas Vacation because all of us have dysfunction in our families. But when you see dysfunction on steroids, it somehow makes you feel a little bit better about your own. Uh, Christmas also has its own songs. Like, I don't know what your favorites are. Some of my favorites, White Christmas, one of my favorites. Uh, All I Want for Christmas is You. I sing that to my wife every Christmas. Just kidding. But I do, I do. Not kidding, really. Uh, Also, I love, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Of course, it's got to be Michael Buble. Just love his rendition of it. But Christmas songs, it's so funny because everybody gets away with writing Christmas songs, even when they're horrible. Like a song about wanting a hippopotamus for Christmas, or grandma got ran over by a reindeer. I mean, just crazy songs. But Christmas brings that out of people. And uh, Christmas also has its own decorations. Like who would cut down a perfectly good live tree kill it, take it home, and put electricity around it. And yet that's what we do. And I'm a a real tree guy, and uh, also I'm an artificial tree guy. If you have an artificial tree, uh, that's great too. I have both, but I love Christmas. Also, other Christmas decorations, you're either a multicolored light person or you're a white light person, right? Now, I've seen people try to pull off both, but usually you're either one or the other. Not only that, I mean, have you ever thought about Christmas has strange food and drinks that we only eat and drink during Christmas? Like, who ever thought eggnog, you know, or fruitcake? I don't know about, that's nasty to me. I hate fruitcake. And, uh, and then I was learning today, uh, uh, this past Christmas, this stuff called panettone, which I didn't even know what it was. Apparently, it's an Italian fruitcake. So, yeah, so... Anyway, Christmas has so many things to love, and I hope you've enjoyed all of it during this season. But there's only one thing that matters ultimately about Christmas, and it's the promise of God that we have and can experience in Jesus. So what I want to do is take a look today at the Gospel of Luke. This is probably one of the more famous uh, renditions and editions of 
the birth narrative of Jesus. And if you have your Bibles, uh, chapter 2 in the book of Luke, I'm going to read from that. At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor in Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, the shepherds were staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a babe wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Let me share with you what the promise of Christmas is about. And I pray that you would embrace that promise for yourself as the gift of God provided for you. First of all, the promise of Christmas is good news. It's good news. You know, when the shepherds were there and an announcement comes from heaven, uh, there's reason to be terrified. And sometimes we think that, you know, man, if, if God were around, you know, what would he think about me? And, and you get really nervous about the fact that, that God is somehow at work. But the reminder for us at Christmas is that when God moves and pursues your life and mine, it's not bad news. It's good news. That's why in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 3, verse 17, you know, we're always familiar with For God So Loved the World passage, but that next verse says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. If that's ever been your experience of Christianity, that's on Christians, not on Jesus. But you see, the promise is good news because he did not come to condemn, but to save the world. That's why when Paul, another follower of Jesus in the New Testament, writes about what was God, God was doing in that first Christmas, God sent his son because he wanted to demonstrate his love for you and for me. And so the Christmas story is good news. There is no need to be afraid. Next, it is for all people. The Christmas promise is for all people to put an exclamation point on how wide the invitation of God's love goes. The first announcement that God is on the move after 400 years of silence is announced to nobodies in a place that no one knows about in the middle of nowhere. See, the shepherds were nobodies in this day. Shepherds, think about like um, 
in the, as the world looked on shepherds, they saw basically these people with no permanent addresses, think kind of like migrant workers. Um, they were very shady characters, like sketchy. Like they were not allowed to bear testimony in court because no one believed the reliability of their testimony. And they were not allowed in the temple as well. And so they really were nobodies, and yet God chooses to make this first announcement to them. And here's why. There are no nobodies in the eyes of God. None. You see, the good news is for all people. So that's for the person that might be here. If you're here or joining us today and you're saying, you're thinking, my life is a train wreck right now. I'm, I'm here, I'm smiling, I'm wearing my Christmas best, but if people knew where my life was right now, they'd be shocked. I have a friend that just went in um, on Thursday to spend all of the holidays taking chemotherapy to try to save his life. And so I know there are people that are joining us here today. Your, your life, you got a lot going on. And some of you have come maybe looking for that last word of hope. And so um, no matter where you come from, today, whether, you know, no matter your political persuasion, no matter your gender, no matter your um, religion, no matter where you've come from, rich, poor, uh, regardless of your skin color or nationality, whoever you are, everyone, this is good news for all. That is the Christmas message. And so what is this good news? The good news is that the Savior has been born. Now, Jesus is not announced to the world as a teacher or a miracle worker or the perfect example of who God is, even though he was all of those things. He is announced as Savior the Savior, not a Savior. He is not one option among many. He is the only Savior. You see, Savior means that someone is in trouble. Someone needs help. A life is at stake. Life is on the line. That ought to capture our attention when we think about this simple Christmas story. You see, the mere mention of a savior means that someone's life needs saving and hangs in the balance. And that's really what the Bible says about your life and mine. Once again, we're going to refer to all because all of us are in the same place. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of glory of God. And the word sin just literally means we've missed the mark. We've missed the mark of God's holy and perfect nature. From very early on, humanity turned its back on God's perfect plan and relationship with them, which created this incredible gap. And, and within the human DNA is this terminal illness called sin. And I know sometimes you're saying, well, I'm doing pretty good right now, so I don't know what you're talking about, sin. I'm gonna tell you, if there's anything that's obvious, it ought to be sin. Like, I just went to the town center on Friday. I had an appointment. 
I'm going to tell you what, I had all kinds of bad thoughts. And there were other people that had bad thoughts too. And, and sin has to do with how we treat each other poorly many times. Sin has to do with how God has intended for us to live in freedom and hope and joy. And yet we choose to try to do it our own way. And quite honestly, we don't even keep promises we make to ourselves, much less to God. And so sin is a reality in all of our lives. And the Bible says that the consequence of sin is not some lighthearted thing like, oh, I just messed up here. The consequences of sin is spiritual and eternal death. The consequences are that um, you and I, without the saving of God, there is a gap between us and God that we cannot reach. We can't work hard enough. We can't do enough good deeds in order to earn our way to God. In fact, every other religion in the world says that it's all about you doing something to earn your way to God. Only Christianity says that God in love pursued you and me in love. And he did what we could not do for ourselves. You see, the story of Christmas is the entry of a rescuer who came to save a spiritually dead humanity. Jesus grew up from being a baby to become a man. He lived the perfect life that we could never live. And when he laid down his life on the cross, he did that freely to make a way for all people to have the possibility to be restored to a relationship with our creator and to know the forgiveness of our sins in a life-giving relationship with God. See, Jesus is not some glorified pick of Santa Claus. He came to rescue us because our lives and our eternities were on the line. Have you ever thought about that? You don't leave the comforts of heaven and expose yourself to the pain and brokenness of a fallen humanity. And you certainly do not lay down your life on a cross to become the figurehead of a popular holiday or to have everybody just celebrate your birthday every year. See, Jesus came to rescue us. And it's my prayer that in the middle of this season that we call Christmas, that we don't get so lost in all of the things that we love, the gifts, the family time, the music, the food, the movies, all of that, that somehow we don't lose the most important promise of God made to you and to me. That because of the Savior, he came to save your life and mine. You see, nothing on the tree will save your life tomorrow. Nothing. There's no job. There's no religion. There's no amount of money that will change your heart or change your eternity. Only Jesus makes that promise. The promise of Christmas is good news. And it's found in the one that we worship today. You know, when I made a decision to follow Jesus, gosh, I was like 17 years old, so it's been a long time ago. 
And my life has been, I've loved my life. I, I've, I've had a lot of ups and downs through my life. I know when you look at a pastor up here, you think, oh, what does he go through? I've gone through a lot. And a lot of ups and downs. And a lot of times when I've been proud of myself and other times where I've been, you know, felt like a failure. But you know the one foundation that has held my life together is the knowledge because I placed my trust in Jesus when I was 17 years old and I said, take my life and I place my trust in you. I can't do what you can do with my life, God. Because I made that decision through all the ups and downs in my life, I've always felt that nothing that I experience in life will separate me from the love of God because of my relationship with Jesus, because of what he did for me. And when I embraced that gift, there was a security in him that I would never know apart from him. There was a love I would experience in him that I would never experience apart from him. There's a purpose for my life. There's a peace in my life. Not because my circumstances are always peaceful, but because I've placed my trust in the one who brings peace. And above everything else, I would never want you to leave without experiencing that same peace and love that Jesus came to give you in your life. And so today, if you're someone who you're saying, well, I've been following Jesus, I kind of understand what you're talking about, Jerry. Today, as we light our candles and we celebrate Jesus as the light of the world, I just pray that you would say a prayer of thanksgiving. That at one time in your life, the hand of God extended from heaven and you were going down for the last time. And you embraced the grip of God and his love for you. And because of that, you have a sense of peace and a sense of love that you've never had before. And if if you're that person, just give God thanks in the midst of the season for what he's done for you. And for those of you maybe that have never placed your trust in Jesus, I wanna give you that opportunity. Maybe you've never had the opportunity. Maybe something's different about this moment than maybe other moments when you've heard this same story. But I wanna give you that chance before we leave today and before we sing Silent Night and light our candles. So if you would all bow your heads for just a moment. And if that's you and you're like, I want to place my trust in Jesus. My life needs saving. I am in need of what only God can give me, and I want to experience the forgiveness of my sins, to have a clean slate for my future, and to know that I will never be separated because of Jesus from the love of God. If that's you, right where you are. No one else is looking. Just raise your hand wherever you are. Just wanted, this is just, just an indication that I could see. And I want to invite you to pray this prayer. It's not a prayer that saves you. It's the posture of your heart that says, I need you, Jesus. So would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for never giving up on me. Thank you for leaving heaven and coming to earth and dying on the cross to save me 
from my sins and to give me eternity and a new life with you. Today I place my trust in you. Come and do in my heart and life what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen.